you are not the only person that has a really negative internal dialogue towards yourself. We need to start replacing that negative inner dialogue with a positive one. And how do you do that? Well, you need some data, you need some information about yourself to actually demonstrate, no, I am powerful, I am good, I have these talents, I have these strengths, and I have these abilities. Welcome, you're listening to the Reprogram Your Mind podcast, and I'm your host, Todd L. Bowerly. You think between 60 and 70,000 thoughts a day, 98% of your life is controlled by habit. If you want to change your life, you have to start by changing how you think. think. When you change you, everything in life changes. If we can see it in our mind, we can hold it in our hand. Welcome back to the Reprogram Your Mind podcast. My name is Todd Bowerly. I'm a coach that works with clients all over the world, helping them think differently about themselves and life so they can get different results. This is going to be episode number 16 of the Reprogram Your Mind podcast, and in here we're going to talk about your unique genius and how to tap into it and express it. I've been saying this for years. This goes all the way back to my time as a career coach. Each and every single person in the world has this beautiful alchemy inside of themselves. You have your own experiences that are unique to you and different from everybody else. You have your interests, your talents, and your abilities. But you also have your desires, your goals, your dreams, the things that you want that are unique to you as well. And life is about understanding how tapping into those unique sources of power is the only way that you find that corresponding puzzle piece out there in the universe, that unique puzzle piece that you slide into and allows you to make sense of the entire world, of your entire existence, of how everything has always happened for you. And the key to being able to access this unique genius within is understanding ourselves and what are what exactly is that unique talent and ability absolutely we need to figure out what our goals are and dreams are and really what our desires are and our our desires are always going to increase life for us and for other people but if we don't understand the natural talent that natural genius within us then nothing is ever going to change so there are two tools that I have been teaching people to use for, I, I mean, going back probably even into 2013 or so. So almost 10 years I've been teaching people to use well, one of these tools, and then another one I adopted a couple of years ago. And these are both easily accessible for you. The first one is a Myers-Briggs personality test, and you can find that at 16personalities.com. The second one is the Clifton Strengths assessment or strength finder 2.0 and i want to talk about each of these assessments how i've used them to unlock my own genius but also help my clients find that unique expression of themselves let's start with the first one the 16 personalities test and i'm going to have a link in the show notes where you can go take it this is a pretty typical personality exam and it's based upon the myers-briggs philosophy, which says that there are really these four different components of your personality that you're either going to be on one side or the other of. And it's the, the, the mixture of these four together that create your personality. Here's what I really love about the 16 personalities test is that it is very descriptive. It has a lot of great qualitative, emotionally powerful descriptive words regarding your personality. And you when you find those emotional words and it resonates with you, now you know that thing that you kind of do automatically that is a part of who you are. Now you can label it. Now you can 
draw attention to it and you go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is what I do. This is how I do it all along. And so it's about getting emotionally involved with the right words. One of the biggest things with affirmations is emotion. In fact, in, in your attitude, which I talked about in the last podcast, in being able to create or, or attract new circumstances into your life, your emotional involvement is key to it. And what's the biggest problem with most of us anyways? Most of us anyways think that we are not as good or that there's something wrong with us on the inside. Like, I guarantee you, you are not the only person that has a really negative internal dialogue towards yourself. We need to start replacing that negative inner dialogue with a positive one. And how do you do that? Well, you need some data, you need some information about yourself to actually demonstrate, no, I am powerful, I am good, I have these talents, I have these strengths, and I have these abilities. That's why I really like this test. So what I want you to do is I want you to go out to 16personalities.com and take this assessment. Look, it's not very long, it might take you 10 to 15 minutes. The questions can be easily overthought. So I don't know that this is a really great statistically significant um, uh, assessment, but it works really well. In fact, my son is seeing a therapist and the therapist recommends using this exam as well. So here's the key to it. Don't overthink it. It's going to ask you some questions and you're going to have this sliding scale of, of seven answers from strongly agree to strongly disagree with neutral in the middle. I just want you to get off neutral. Don't overthink it. Read the question. Get off neutral as far or as close to neutral as you want to be. It doesn't really matter. But when, I, when you're done with this assessment, I want you to read. And there's like five or six pages of words describing your personality. And I want you to check for resonance. Does it resonate with you? This should be a fairly creepy assessment. You should read it and go, oh my gosh, how the hell do you know this? Are you going through my trash and like reading my mail and stalking me on social media? You shouldn't know this about me. If you're not having that experience with this exam, it just means that you, you might have overthought it. So you have to ask yourself, did I really come to this test with an open mind and just going off of my gut or not? And, and if you feel like you overthought it and the results are not accurate, take it again. If it shows up as the same, chances are that's probably what your personality is and you're just not understanding it. So let me explain this personality assessment. There's really these four categories and each one of them means something different. The first access on this is extrovert versus introvert. We have a lot of people that want to claim they understand what extrovert and introvert means. This is about where you get your energy from. If you get your energy from being around other people, chances are you're an extrovert because other people and the, the synergy, the energy of being around other people can fuel you and, and fill you up. Now, if you go around a big group of people or you're at a party and it depletes you and you're exhausted by the end of it, chances are you're probably an introvert. An introvert recharges and gains their energy in solitude or maybe with very few close friends rather than a huge group of people. So the first axis is about where do you get your energy from in life? And this is important so that you can, you can show up as your best self. Now, it doesn't mean that introverts need to be shy and stay away from people. No, I am technically an introvert. I experienced something called pseudo-extroversion, where some of the other things in my personality push me out there so much where it seems like I'm an extremely outgoing and gregarious extrovert. But really, when I'm done with this, like I'm exhausted. 
You know, I work with a lot of people in one-to-one in groups throughout uh, throughout my week. And sometimes if I have a really heavy week in conversations with dozens of people, especially people I don't know uh, that aren't current clients or I'm having those conversations or I put on a seminar or something like that, I'm exhausted by the end of it because I've expended my energy and I haven't recharged with my solitude. So you too can be an extrovert if you're an introvert, but being aware of, of how you get your energy allows you to make changes in your life that will fill up your energy. The second access on the 16 personalities assessment comes down to two different sides, the observant personality and the intuitive personality. And this is about how you get information from the outside world. If you're the type of person that watches what people are doing and what people are saying, and you're looking for this concrete data, like this happened and this means this and that means that, you're observing and collecting the world through data. Now, the intuitive is the person who says, okay, I see all of the data and that registers, but there's a story that's behind. And so they start inferring or intuiting behind all of the data. Like, what's the story going on behind that? With all of these, there's no good or bad. They just are. It just helps you understand where you're at. Some of the people that I, I, I find the most fascinating to work with are those that are real logical, observant thinkers. So if people are really concrete with their thinking, sometimes the abstract or getting out of their comfort zone or acting on intuition is a real struggle, but it's really powerful. At the same time, the intuitive people that are overly intuitive, that just want to ignore all of the conditions and circumstances or ignore, they just want to ignore the data from the outside world and the feedback, they need to learn to be more grounded. So there's no good or bad. It's just realizing that there are different strengths and different weaknesses with each of these things. The third axis is about how you make decisions. Now, all people need to feel good about their decision. It's just about how you get to that point. So you have your feelers and your thinkers. Those that are analytical, that take in this data and lead it through to a conclusion. They want to think it through and they want to process it and have all of that mental energy. And then others that just go on their gut feeling. Like you could tell me all the reasons why not to do something, but I'm just going to go with my gut. And it's just based on that emotion. And I am more of that feeling. I'm super high in feeling and super high in intuition. And that pushes me into that extroverted space more than anything. The fourth access on this assessment comes down to kind of how you view the world, the lens that you view the world. Now, there's this P, which is prospecting, and this J, which is judging. And most of the time, that end up with a J on the very end of, of their assessment, like they're an ENFJ. And I say it's judging. They're like, well, I'm, I'm not a judgmental person. And that's not what it means. The J in judging means that you view the world in black or white, in absolutes, good or bad. You're always putting things into those categories rather strictly, where the P, this, this prospecting or perceiving person, depending on where you're, on what you're reading about in Myers-Briggs, that P is really about saying, yeah, okay, there's a little bit of black and a little bit of white, but most of it's gray in between. You've got to find your way through it. Let me explain here how this benefited me. My personality is an ENFP. There was this section in this personality test that said that I am very resistant to micromanagement. And, and it's absolutely true. I have this energy about me and I've had bosses that were very micromanaging and I would always ruffle their feathers and, and they would ruffle mine and we would always have some kind of conflict. And I figured like there was something wrong with me, but then I looked at it and go, oh no, this is actually part of my personality, that I love to have this creative, unique expression of myself. And 
I started to label it differently. I talked about it as autonomy, as I am able to work independently and that I'm creative or that I am entrepreneurial minded. And actually when it came time for me to make this decision to quit my job and, and work for myself, I could look at this one unique aspect of my personality and go, you know what? This is gonna help me succeed. So all of a sudden I, I grew in this understanding of who I was by really reading and studying these assessments and realizing that all of my personality was gonna help me set myself up to succeed rather than hold me back. So after you take this assessment, I want you to read through it and I want you to pull out a highlighter and I want you to find any words or descriptive words that are emotional words to describe your personality that you resonate with and start wrapping those into your concept of yourself, your self-image. You might even want to attach affirmations to it. And if you can affirm what some of these talents and, and abilities are that you have naturally as a part of your personality, well, you're just going to succeed that much faster. You're going to convince yourself in your mind that you can do and follow through with the goals and the dreams that you have. The more exciting assessment that I use now is the Clifton Strengths or Strength Finder 2.0 assessment. I'll put a link in the show notes where you can go to get that. This assessment is really awesome, but it works off of this strength-based approach, which I didn't understand when all I was doing all of this work with the Myers-Briggs with my clients. And the strength-based approach says this, that essentially you have your strengths and your weaknesses. And most of the world tells you that you need to improve your weaknesses if you are ever going to succeed. And that's not where we should be putting our time, our energy, and our intention. Because you're going to increase your weakness only to a point of maybe normal or minimum operation. Whereas if you were to increase your strengths, you get exponential growth. Exponential return on your investments. That's how you really stand out in your field. Not by operating with the minimum expectations, not by operating at the minimum level of your talents, but by maximizing that with which you are truly gifted in. When you focus all of your energy on your strengths and magnifying those, that's when you have superstar results happen. The best example that I could give is from the movie Rudy with Sean Astin. Um, this is about Rudy Rudiger, who grew up as a youth wanting to play football in Notre Dame. Now, Rudy had a natural talent and skill of zero in football. Like, he could not be skilled at all. And he put so much effort into that, and it did not improve his skill, right? There's nothing that you can do to have him be a superstar football player, because he doesn't have that skill. Now, he had all of his heart and that led him to eventually reaching and living in his goal, but it wasn't going to take him any further. Whereas if you take a superstar, for example, Tom Brady, who is naturally talented at a, at a level five in football, and let's say one to five is the, the highest you can get is five. And then he puts the effort behind it of five, he gets to multiply that. So his, his equation is five times five equals 25. So he gets a 25 result and maxes out in football where Rudy has, let's say, a skill of zero or one, multiplies it by five, he gets a skill of a five. This is the power of working on your strengths and magnifying your strengths. It is some of the most powerful psychology that's out there. So here's the cool thing about the Strengths Finder assessment, the, the Clifton Strengths assessment. They have codified all of human behavior into 34 natural talents. Now it's funny, they call it Strength Finder, but it only tells you what your talents are. And you have your top five or 10 natural talents. 
But if you don't know what those natural talents are and what you are really gifted in, you can never work with intention behind it to be able to turn it into a strength. The equation is your talent times your investment into that, your investment, your development, your personal growth, that equals your net result of that strength. So you have to know what your talents are in order to magnify them. And where I find that the strength finder is most valuable is starting to work in teams and with other people that you're collaborating with. And the goal of optimizing a team isn't about having everybody with the same talents and strengths. No, it's about diversifying because you are never going to take your weakness and turn it into a strength. So the best thing you can do is you compensate with other people that can help you together collectively reach your goals. The coolest thing about this assessment is you have literally thousands and thousands of different combinations of these talents. And when it talks to you about your top five, it's just not telling you about your top five. So um, my top one is individualization. Like I have this gift of meeting people where they're at. But my number two is strategy. Knowing that I, I need to be able to work people through a strategy or use a strategy to help people reach their goals. And I can do both. So my how individualization shows up for me isn't the same for you because I have strategy as my number two. So I can customize a strategy for people. I can adopt that to that specific person. This is what makes me such a great coach to begin with. Now, how do I know that? I know that because I took the test and I read through it and I studied this over and over again. So when it names what your talents are, it talks about them in the context of your other top talents that you have, because they all influence each other. And when you read this individualized report, it is so unique to just you and your unique genius. Now, I will tell you that the Clifton Strengths assessment, it costs about 20 bucks to, to take it. If you have the Strength Finder 2.0 book, you have a code in there to use it. If you have any of the Strength Finder books, you have a code in there that you can use it. And you don't have to purchase the large test, just purchase the $20 test and read what these natural talents are. Now, here's what you do with them once you've got it. I want you to read these results over and over again so that you really start to understand and identify yourself with them. And then you want to take some of these sentences, some of these words, and work them into your self-image script. Now, if you haven't done that before, you want to go back and listen to my episode of the Reprogram Your Mind podcast that talks about your self-image. And that is episode 11, self-image is everything. You want to clearly define what your self-image is, who you are, that version of you that is living that, that highest and best life that has all of the goals that you're seeking for. Well, guess what? That version of you that has the goals, they they're, they're aware, that version of you is aware of your natural talents and abilities and uses them to create a positive impact in their life and the lives of other people and give greater value and they receive value because of it. Weave these into your self-image script and then start affirming that with repetition. Again, go back to the law of repetition episode. Read that self-image script every day. Make a recording of it and listen to it every day. The other thing you can do with these two assessments is look at some of the weaknesses that are there. Now, remember I said that you can't ever really turn a weakness into a strength, even though scripturally we, we say that. Know that there is polarity in all things. We talked about the, that in the last episode. There's good and bad. 
that's just how it works. There's no ceiling in this room without a floor. There's no inside without an outside. There's no left without a right. There's no good without bad. So with every weakness, there's a gift. So you can read through some of this description of your weaknesses and turn that into an affirmation. You go back to the very first episodes of the Reprogram Your Mind podcast where we talked about writing down your current programming, this inner dialogue, burning it and replacing it with the opposite idea. You can take affirmations and start to start to eliminate the blind spots around your weaknesses to make you so much more to make you so much more aware of what the energy is that you're working with. And here's the blessing that comes from doing this work. The very thing that you and everybody else is looking for in life is fulfillment. And we don't know how to achieve it. We think that it's a certain goal or a certain achievement or how we'll show up or have others look at us that's going to make us fulfilled. Or maybe it's our family or the impact we have. Fulfillment, I believe, comes when you say yes to your talents, to your abilities, and your desires. You know, we talked a lot in the goal-setting episode and the, the journey to your goal episode about how desire, this energy of desire of what I want in life, is your spirit seeking for fuller expression and expansion in the outside world. There's this recognition, I could go earn a million dollars a year or a million dollars a month. Like, I know that that's possible. So if I set that as a goal and I work on growing to that and improving myself to that and expressing my potential even more, I'm fulfilled, not by the million dollars, not by a million dollars a month, by becoming my best self. Fulfillment is in the expression of your unique genius. That means setting the goals and growing to go after them. And you're never going to be able to progress towards that if you don't understand what your natural talents and abilities are. I mean, that's really what we're looking for. We want to use all parts of ourselves. As a career coach, I talk with people all the time who were in a position of leadership or worked their way up in a certain field and felt so empty because they stopped growing or because they decided to do something as a career that was going to pay them a lot of money, but it wasn't what they were really passionate about and what they wanted. And I hear so much criticism online, on TikTok and everywhere else, was saying, don't go after your passion. It's the worst advice out there. Not everybody can make a living or become wealthy following their passion. And those are people that just don't understand the nature of us as spiritual beings seeking fuller expression and greater expansion and having a desire because we know that we can do it, because we know it'd be satisfying, because we know we'd be fulfilled if we used all areas of our personality. You know, I should just share a little bit more about myself here as I wrap up this episode. Growing up, I always wanted to be a creative. Like, I, I'm a big geek. I love Star Wars. I love movies. I always wanted to work on Star Wars. I was obsessed with reading about how films were made, and I was getting involved in computer animation, and I really wanted to go to school and develop those talents. You know, my parents said, we can't afford it, we can't do it. And they were divorced at the time, so I didn't go to school for that. And I, 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 was, I felt like I let go of my dream. And I tried to rationalize all around it, because this was in the late 90s, and I knew they were in the middle of making the Star Wars prequels, episode one, two, and three. And I thought, well, with the amount of time it takes for me to go through school and start to get experience, I'll never work on a Star Wars movie anyways. And of course, now Star Wars is everywhere. There's all kinds of content and TV shows and movies that have been made and will be made now for 
ever in perpetuity now that Disney owns the property. And this creative aspect of me didn't see fulfillment there. So I tried to have a career in music. I, I was in bands, I did songwriting, played guitar. I wrote some really amazing songs. I was working with a creative partner that was a friend of mine and we had a falling out with that friendship. And that was a, a, a deeply spiritual relationship and a very creative one. And it left me not being creative. And then I became a social worker and then a coach. And I was never using that creativity part of me. The funniest thing is when I set the goal to earn over six figures, to spend long summers, long and abundant summers on Lake Michigan, on the beach, I had no idea that it was going to fulfill me to the level it was. When I have created my graphics or when I created my podcast intro, I was leveraging like that music interest. I was using that design aspect of myself and realizing like I don't really want to work with movies necessarily, but I want to use those talents and abilities because I have them. I have them as gifts. It was the goal that I chose for myself that forced me to pull out and use these talents that were lying dormant inside of me. So I'm deeply fulfilled by doing those things. This is where you have to start trusting your goal. What it is that you want most in life, actually, that wants you to become your best person, your best version of yourself. And that's where real fulfillment comes from. When you are using all of your natural talents and abilities and working towards a goal and growing, there is one secret out there that is gonna help you continue to move forward, that is gonna help guarantee your success. On the next episode of the podcast, I want to talk about the great and powerful law, the greatest, the law of laws, as Emerson called it, the law of cause and effect. And it comes down to serving other people with your whole person, with your whole spirit. That is really the next step in having that fulfillment. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episode of the Reprogramming Rhyme podcast. If you're able to rate the podcast or leave a review, please do that on whatever platform you're using. And until the next episode, remember... We become what we think about, and so do you. <laughs>